Connor. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. And good morning to all you lovely listeners at home, and welcome back to yet another episode of the podcast that we entitle, David. What's the smell you thinking again? That's right. This feels very triumphant of you. I appreciate you you putting so much effort into that. How you doing? Yeah, thank you. Then all right, Connor, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm actually doing better now because not only is David on this episode, but Reed is also back, which is pretty yeah, freaking exciting. Yeah, Reed. Welcome back, Reed. Hello. It's, it's good to be back. And also welcome the assorted cast of characters that are also in the room with uh, with Reed and, and David. So it'll be exciting. Yeah, we, 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 got, we, got, we, got, we, got, we got all the roommates here. Actually, yeah. This is more like an episode of the podcast featuring a cavalcade of other guests, so you never know what to expect. <laughs> right, right. But how's uh, how's Madtown? I would like uh, I'd like the analysis from Reed, bef- and then uh, David can corroborate. Reed, um, pretty nice. But it's gonna snow tomorrow, which I'm kind of over. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I'm by the way, we're, we're recording this on uh, on. Wednesday, so it's probably not going to snow when you listen to this. But oh yeah, if you're listening on Sunday when it comes out, yeah, um, yeah, no, I get you. Um, I, you guys are just poor saps because it's not it hasn't snowed here in a little while. It was really bad on Friday, uh, last Friday, and then it's just been like inconsistent, warm and cold ever since. So hmm. we're due, I imagine, but nothing yet. So ha. Huh? Yeah. Damn. I know, right? Uh, how's uh, how's West Lala? So yeah, pretty solid. Um, it's been pretty all right today. Uh, I went outside today with a light jacket on, and it was tolerable. So that's right. pretty good. We uh, we I can't complain too much about Indiana weather right now. But it is time. We don't need to talk about this weather. That's that's for that's that's boring. We don't need to talk about the weather. Um. Continuing, though, on our trend of whenever we have read on, we like to talk about a decade. And I feel like we've gotten to the point now where we can talk about the, a decade that we actually remember living in, for the most part. Yep. And that being, of course, the 2010s. We've, from this point, uh, or from before this point, we've kind of just been, like, you know, pontificating about a time we didn't exist in, so we're just like, oh, we can only imagine what times were like and all that. Now we've got, like, the experience, so we can talk from with perspective, you know? So I think this should, I think, uh, there's a, at least there's a little bit to talk about, and I hope you guys are ready, because I'm about to drop some banger points on you guys. It's going to be crazy. Um, I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, to begin, I wanted to kick off asking you guys, oh, I guess Reed first, because he's our guest, the main idea of just, like, what what do you think this decade did that made it stand out amongst the the previous? Like, what was what was special about this? You know, like what made this one unique in from your perspective and your uh, experience? Um, I don't know. I don't think it really was that special, like compared to like other decades. I guess, like, I don't really think of it having like any defining characteristics, other than like maybe they start looking more like like Apple commercials. I guess. But that's that's more good. But why do you say that? Why do you think that? What what happened? Why I don't know. Movies? That's just like the general vibe I get. Like they, I guess their movies are looking like cleaner. That's that's just that's yeah. It's basically the the only thing I think that stands out really about the 2010s. 
in terms of filmmaking. Hmm. Very interesting. David, what do you have to say to that? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, from my point of view, it, it, it's kind of hard to say, like, if you look holistically and just, uh, like 2010s of media, um, it, it, it's, it's so recent. Like it, it's, it's really hard to say like, what, what have we like learned from this decade? Cause we, like we're, we're just coming off of it. Like it, it's kind of just like how it's changed from say the decade we're living in. I mean, granted due to, um, you know, the pandemic and, and us switching to, you know, a more remote setting and, you know, the rise of, of, uh, like, um, um, <laughs> of, um, of, uh, Streaming services, sorry. Um, I, there, there's been kind of, kind of a, kind of a bit of a change, um, but like I mentioned, it, it's it's kind of hard to gauge, you know, what the tens and tens are really about. Um, Connor, what, what do you what do you think? Well, I wouldn't compare it to 2020s yet. That's a, that's another episode we'll have to wait seven years to make. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I actually disagree with you guys for once. I think the 2010s were a weird one in terms of, like, I think this decade had a lot of, like, factors in it that I feel like a lot of other decades didn't have in terms of, like, events that happened in the real world and, like, things that influenced movies coming out. So as a result, I think this decade was one of the more, like, strangely diverse decades where you kind of got, like, you had movies that were getting popular from, like, everywhere and, like, be, a lot of that was because of the internet, which is another huge part of the tw- uh, 2010s. Right. Social media era right. kind of thing. So you'd have, like, you'd have movies that kind of, like, popped out of nowhere, you know, did really well, and then, you know, disappeared very quickly and vice versa. Um, and I think that ultimately resulted in a lot of more, like, I, honestly, I don't want to bash the 2000s, but I ended up with a lot more bizarre diversity. Like, you got movies that were, like, stranger. You got more art house movies that were kind of, or I shouldn't say art house, but like stuff that started taking the mainstream that was a lot more artful, you know, like a 24 became like a thing, which is pretty interesting. Like no one really cared about it until this decade, which is well, bizarre, you know, but I, I think I can de- kind of agree with you maybe for like music. I don't know if I'd agree for movies though. Still, I think there's still a ton of bizarre movies in every decade. Well, sure. Well, got- sure. But like, I feel like they only became as big a deal as they are because the internet eventually shot so light on them. Like, I don't... The bizarre stuff, I think, popped up quicker this decade than I would have said in the past. Mm. At least from, at least from like, what I've gauged. Yeah. Yeah, that... that I, I get where you're coming from. Sure. Uh, what would you say were some, like... Again, I know I know Reed's been very cynical about this, but I wanna I wanna get him to get more thoughtful on this decade. He's gonna he's gonna admit there's something interesting going on. Uh, what what were like if you had to pick out some trends of this decade from either of you guys? What would you say some of those trends were? Um, uh, trends. Okay. Um, <laughs> you need to translate guess, it for him. Like, no, no, Rita's asking me what, what, what was the question. He's no, speaking in Purdue. Oh, you are, you are, you are. You are. Okay. Uh, I would say, like, I guess, like, post-Dark Knight superhero movies is definitely a huge trend. Which, you know, I guess post-Iron Man superhero movies. 
Um, um, like, what do you think I about that? I feel like there's a specific like type of animated movie that started in the 2010s. What do you think about the indie scene, right? The indie scene? Yeah, what do you think about it? Um, I don't know. I like, I don't like to me, it doesn't, not in a bad way, it just doesn't stick out any more than any other decades in, since like the 60s. Do you feel like the Tizen Tens are like defined by like the superhero genre, and it's like Marvel? I, I yeah, I guess. Sure. sure. <laughs> what's interesting though, what's interesting about that is like you you can easily point to it and be like, oh, you know, the two thousand tens were like really obsessed with like the theater blockbuster and stuff with a big action movie, but like that was also like the two thousands. Like two thousands were really obsessed with the big blockbuster action movies with the cutting edge CGI and the big explosions and stuff. I think like the I feel like the 2010s at least with the with the superhero stuff decided like they had enough of like blockbusters that were like the spectacle was just the CGI and they were like okay now let's make the spectacle characters with CGI. And so like now mm-hmm. you had all these like you know the superhero characters and like James Bond all interacting with huge CGI stuff. Though James Bond a little less so. But like I feel like there was a little bit more of a face to the to the uh blockbuster than there were in the past which is sort of interesting to me yeah that 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 is interesting it is interesting um also like i think this can go for all of us that like the 2010s was like the decade that we all kind of like grew up in Mm -hmm. um that like we kind of like resonate the most with that like we have the most amount of memories in um so I don't know. I, I guess I want to like pose a question to you, Connor, and, and you read. Like, how how has that kind of shaped your view on, on like film, or just like I guess media? I guess. Um, I feel like yeah, it's a good question. I think uh, I feel like being raised in this decade, at least maybe just in my experience, made me a lot more tolerant of a lot of a lot of modern day tropes that I think would really piss off people who grew up in like the nineties and eighties, like stuff that we got really comfortable with because every movie was doing it. Um, and then only later on after seeing those movies, do you kind of recognize the distance? Like be like just the, the idea that like, you know, every, every, actually this kind of leads into another point I was going to talk about later on, but like, that every animated feature has to have 20 million celebrities in it and they all have to be playing themselves rather than playing a character. I think that kind of thing is something that, like, if it happened, like, if it happened for the first time now, I feel like we'd all hate it. But because it happens when we were growing up so often, I think, like, we kind of became numb to it until we saw that that wasn't a huge, you know, that was a, until we realized it was a problem or a thing that happened way too much, you know? Yeah. Read takeaway. I feel like Reed? there's something to say about this. Um, how did the 2010 shape how I view? Yeah, yeah. Like since that's like the decade that you grew up in, like how has it like shaped like how you um, view other media? I don't know, cause until like 2018 or 19 ish, I was pretty oblivious to like 2010s media. So, so it's like I don't know. It's hard to say. Like. I don't know. Like, I didn't really even get into movies until much later in that decade, so I didn't. I didn't really like grow up with that, with any of them, sadly. And like, I don't know if that's that's changed how I view them. 
I like I don't think I'm thinking of them in a cynical way like like you said I don't know I just don't think there's like I can't like identify any like huge trends that like define it and will in the future so do, do you think like since like you didn't like grow up with tens, you think you have a more like holistic view of a film because like you don't really attach yourself to any no specific... no because I do attach myself to specific things I just don't think it's decade specific that's all so, okay <laughs> I love that so we've had Reed on for like three decade episodes. And it takes him to the fourth one to go, I don't really connect that to decades. I don't connect my thoughts to movies yeah, to decades at all. <laughs> so, like, after it took him three to realize, like, maybe, maybe I don't, I don't think this. <laughs> Jeez. It's just, like, they're all, they all have, uh, like, when I was, like, thinking about us talking about them on, on every single podcast, we still kind of made the same points every time. We just kind of rearranged them. And I feel exactly, like exactly. I mean, ultimately, every decade has trends that are going to carry over each time. It's just we're talking about them in the context of it being the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Like, it's curious, It's interesting to see if there is change in how it's done. Like, you got to be more open-minded, Reed. Stop being cynical for a minute. Sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez, dude. What'd you do to Reed? He's so sad today. Give him a hug. I didn't think Reed is tired of one day. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Well, that could be it. It's fine. Don't worry. But I have an I have a question that I definitely believe will 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 awaken Reed's inner Reed's inner you know excited child. So I will tell you one thing that I noticed that's pretty different amongst this decade, and that was like I feel like this decade, maybe I'm nuts, really really emphasized the idea as I mentioned before of like star power being a really huge deal. Like, obviously, it was back in the day. Like, obviously, you had the name brand actors had to be on every movie. But, like, you a movie could sell in the, in the 2000s just based off of, like, the name Dwayne Johnson. Like, he could just be the only part of the movie, and it would make a lot of money because he's in it. Like, hell, even Black Adam was just made solely... That's 2022. But, like, that movie was made solely because The Rock wanted it to be made... And I feel like that's a mentality that kind of popped up in this social media kind of 2010s age. This idea that, like, celebrities can just will will a movie to popularity. What do you guys think of that? Is it, or am I just, am I over-interpreting it and it's actually something that happens in the, in the 60s, too? What do you guys think? Well, that's the thing. I just don't, like, I agree with you. I just don't think it's the 2010s specific things again. Like, like Marilyn Monroe could have done the same thing in the 50s. Well, I mean, that's did. just to her, like, a, you know, um, well, I guess you got a point. I don't know. I just think there were definitely actors and actresses. Like, I, I agree with your point. I just think it, it applies broadly again. Like, even as back far as, like, like Gone with the Wind era, there were definitely actors like Clark Gable or something that could, like, make or break a movie box office. Not with that movie, but, you know, other ones afterwards. Yeah, so, trying yeah, to, I'm trying to formulate. Yeah. I, I understand yeah. I'm trying to formulate what I mean, but they would take over for a second. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm more agree with Reed in the sense that, like, you really take, you really take this and apply to like any decade. It, it just so happens that like we connect with, you know, the the people that are big nowadays because 
we we've seen them in the most amount of movies since that's like the like I mentioned the era that we grew up in, um, and it's and it's I guess just more impactful for us. I, I don't really think Dwayne the Rock Johnson is is any bigger than say Marilyn Monroe, but I, I think due to like the age of the internet and how like I guess as, as an example for Dwayne the Rock. Um, he, he's been he's been memified in in, in some sense um, if if you kind of know what I mean in, in a way that's like oh Dwayne the Rock he's funny I've seen him in memes I want I want to see his movie maybe maybe there's a new meme that comes out of it or maybe oh it's the guy from the meme I got to see this movie you know um, not that that was big in the 2010s um, and I think that really like shaped the culture and like kind of how we view a lot of movies is just out of like what's popular in media and like in like uh like social media um which i think is very unique to 2010s and like we haven't seen that in prior decades see i think that's more of a 2020s thing like i, I feel like something like morbius would be like the prime example of that or like I don't know, like other, like, I feel like I've seen that more since COVID than like, like actual memes, like inspiring people to like watch the movie than like the 2010s. Yeah. And I, sure, I feel sure. like, I feel like now, I feel like now I think movies are, I guess the best way to say it is I feel like a lot of them are kind of playing into it. Like, I feel like there had to be a point with movies like Morbius and even something to the extent of like the Minions, the Minions sequel, where I feel like. Yeah. It, even the even the people behind it kind of had the had the understanding that the movie wasn't quite good enough to be something that like would survive on its own. So there was a level of like maybe we don't take it as seriously as we could have. Like Morbius kind of got to a point where it was probably because a level of like let's make this as crappy as possible. There's no way that could have been legit. And like they kind of play into it a little more. I feel like the 2010s when there were meme movies like things that popped up that were like you know oh we have to go see it because you know the rocks in it or something like that i feel like it was less predictable which movies those would be like the uh, the uh per, the the um like producers and stuff behind it didn't have like uh didn't have an idea that this would be where their movie would end up like the movie that comes to mind is that movie central intelligence with the rock and kevin hart <laughs> like that movie that movie's only legacy is that there was that <clears throat> scene where the rock was fat in it and like it's a Kevin Hart and the Rock comedy. It doesn't really have much beyond that, um, but it did last. I know people talked about that one for quite a bit, and it wasn't really because of like anything the movie did it, or the movie did like outside of just being the movie. It was just people memed it. I feel like if that movie came out now, it would be it would play in a lot more to what people expected going in with like the memes and stuff. I feel like yeah. I feel like I don't know. The internet definitely became like i think the 2020s are seeming to be more responsive to the internet versus 2010s where like the internet was kind of like used in response to whatever was being made you know mm -hmm. like it seemed like it seems like now they're the the industry's trying to be a little more ahead of the curve in 2020 yeah that makes sense yeah that makes sense but we're not talking about the 2020s jesus guys stop jumping change to decades we have a lot we'll have a lot to talk about in seven years I know, I know. Quite a, quite a, quite a wild decade the 2020s have been. Right. 
Um, though I feel like uh, I, I do want to talk a little because I, I know me and David did an episode on this, but I want to see if Reed kind of uh, agrees with our uh, our final consensus. So I blame a lot of like trend chasing for this. Um, do you think that like the idea that like since so many so many like uh, attempted cinematic universes popped up in the 2010s, a lot of them being trying to chase Marvel. Right. Uh, do you think that that was kind of caused by a level of like the internet encouraging uh, trend chasing the idea that like a movie did so well because there was enough reason to keep talking about it and make it a universe? Um, or do you like what like what do you think about that as a trend? I, I, I don't know if it's like because of the internet. No, no, I'm saying as a part of it. I'm just saying as a part of it because we're keeping the internet talk going. Like, yeah. Like I like obviously it's it's a big deal that like you know Iron Man connected to the next Marvel movie and stuff, but like there is definitely a level of like people online talking about oh my gosh you know how cool it'd be for this character to show up and that character to show up and then the character showed up and it's like oh my gosh keep theorizing about what's gonna happen oh my gosh when's Thanos gonna show up and that kind of thing that also right. encourages it like and even to the again I guess pointing to 2020s even to the point where then of course the studios start playing into that and then you know using popular fan casts as actual casting in the movies like in Doctor Strange like of course we keep talking about the 2020s doing that but do you think the uh, do you think the internet had any part to play in that? And if so, do you think that trend, uh, or if not, do you think that trend? Where do you think that came from? I mean, from like a business perspective, like the MCU was actually so profitable. Like, like I don't know, like how any company wouldn't want to just ride that cash cow. Like it, it it's it's actually insane. Um, because it's really like best of both worlds like fans are getting what they want they're they're getting those crossovers that they want and companies get to keep essentially making the same film over and over again and people are have excited about that so i don't know i think it's it, it, it i don't know at least right now just like in, i guess 2020 is like it, it just seems kind of lazy but back in the 2010s, like, it, it was kind of revolutionary. Um, we, we hadn't really seen anything like it. Like, separate films, um, have, having, having that kind of, like, crossover existing in the same universe kind of thing, um, it really, like, panned to the fan, um, which, which, which is really, really cool. Um, that, like, people theorize, like, oh, yeah, like, like you mentioned, it'd be so cool if, you know, Iron Man and Captain America could, you know, be in the same movie together. And, you know, what do you know? Avengers comes out. And um, I, I definitely think uh, Page of the Internet, um, it, it really propelled that, that forward. Reed, do you have any thoughts? Um, in terms of, like, franchises, like, jumping on the multi multiverse train, I guess, like... I can kind of see the internet maybe influencing like the DCU, like do, trying to do like Justice League or something, like two years after the event or whatever, and kind of flopping because they didn't really start off on the right foot. But like, I don't, I don't know if I could analyze if the internet affects affected that at all. I think it it definitely has affected it now that they're up to like the Batman, but again, that's the 2020s. <laughs> so, yeah. Got you, got you. 
Yeah, yeah. I will bounce another thought off of you guys. Uh, Reed also alluded to this one before. I wanted to bring a little bit into this. Um, again, actually, you know what? No, this one, I feel like, I don't know. I have to look at, like, I want to look at, like, the grand scope of, like, how Pixar impacted animation. Because I was thinking about this one, too. Because I feel like people, everybody, you know, that whole, like, CG trend definitely started with Toy Story. That was a huge, you know, tipping point. <laughs> And a lot of a lot of animation companies were kind of chased after that going into two, the two thousands, but I feel like, I feel like in the twenty tens, I think a lot of animation companies kind of caught on that not only can you do CGI like Pixar does, but it's time to try to do what Pixar does in a story perspective, and I feel like a lot of animated movies this decade felt like uh, felt very Pixar esque in terms of trying to have like a really like. I shouldn't say really heavy, but like a pretty solidly heavy emotional core trying to do something bigger than just a traditional animated film would do um, while still being a silly like goofy kid like animated. Like, I want to I point to Home as a good example of this. The stupid Home DreamWorks <laughs> movie. Because Home, Home has like this, like, there's like this allusion to like, oh, you know, your family is like, you know more than just who raised you it's it's the, the bonds you make you know and it's like it's 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 bigger than life and they like have these really like long heavy emotional scenes about it and like let's look at like shark tale like shark tale does not try that at all not even a little bit like that was like 2000s animation like in b movie was also 2000s animation like there was no trying to be any any way deep like at all like not even a little bit but like I feel like more animated movies nowadays tried to add this like emotional core edge to their kids' movies, uh, and I think that's I don't know. I, I thought that was very very bizarre. Like, like I feel how like, to turn your dragon? How to turn your dragon? I don't know. How to turn your dragon's very. That's more of a movie movie. I feel like the, I'm trying to say like this very shallow attempt at copying Pixar, where it's like it's an it's this heavy emotional core that really that feels out of place. You know, like in a way that kind of chases DreamWorks' attempt at that. Like Storks? Storks is a good example. Because that one has the whole, like, you know, we'll find your family. It's, you know, all that. There's a lot of family stuff now I think about it. Maybe well, that was just a quick one. The family film, Connor. What do you expect? I get you. No, no, I don't blame <clears> that. I don't think the family part's the problem. <laughs> Am I just making that up? What do you guys think? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to like understand what you're trying to trying to say. All right, I will bounce another one yeah. at you because I'm just read. Do you get anything? I can agree with what you're saying. Yeah, like I think I don't know. Like, would you say Disney in the 2010s has that like Big Hero Six kind of thing? Honestly, kinda. Yeah, Disney even started doing it after a while too. Like, okay, just the like. I mean, Disney usually does a pretty good job of it, but I, I will use a Big Hero Six as an example. Because Big Hero 6 was, like, rooted in, like, the idea of, like, grief. And, like, not that that's, like, impossible for an animated movie to do. You could definitely do it. But, like, that's pretty heavy for a movie that's supposed to be just kind of, like, an action movie. So, like, yeah. an animated action movie for kids. So that one is a good example that I think that one worked well. But at the same time, like, that's a very heavy topic to come out for something, like, animated. And I think I can blame yeah. Pixar for that, who did, like, you know, Nemo and did uh, Toy Story 2. Or, like, they started dealing with topics that felt heavier, you know? Mm-hmm. But I guess not Monsters, Inc. 
Monsters Inc. is just such a good movie and such a, such a non-example of that. So good. You know Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Kay are in Storks? Yes, they are. Yeah, they're the wolves. They literally just play themselves as the wolves. <laughs> That's that is, funny. That movie is weird. I, I'm not convinced that movie is real. <laughs> Reed, what, uh, Reed, what's your opinion on Storks? I know. I think I watched a scene from it for like an English class. What? So, <laughs> what? More, more class. What English like, class? What? Like Who is using really? that? Really? Jesus. Reed's taking based classes now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, class. <laughs> How long is it? That's it. Seven minutes, Reed. You, you, we can grind that out. We can watch it. Um. Yeah, I mean, Storks. What, what studio is it? It's Sony. Know. Sony. Back when they were oh. just doing straight animation. Same company as Smallfoot. Mm. They had a cool time. So... Yeah, yeah, I guess they did. Right. <laughs> Tulip. Tulip. It's kind of cool. She is probably pretty cool. It's giving Mitchell's first machines. Uh, a little bit. I don't know. Like, the precursor. Kind of like... Geeky. Just, yeah, geeky like girl. Sexual film girl. <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh, uh, it's like the defining movie of 2010. Stork? <laughs> yeah. What? Are you guys just creating your own headcanon over there? Like, what the 2010s were yeah. like? Storks? Look, Grant. Grant, look! You can't see? You're on a podcast. Yeah, this is a, uh, I feel like in a completely auditory medium. You should not be talking about something you're looking at. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, let's, let's 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 get back on track. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ! You guys really lost that. Lost a handle on that situation. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, yeah. Anyways, um, kind of get us back on track. <laughs> All right. I want to I pose this question, see if you guys noticed this, or maybe, again, if I'm just pulling something out of air here. But I feel like there were a lot more... I, I, I guess I, I want to point to the 2000s a little bit, because I feel like 2000s did have a really wide variety, and I think a lot of that variety carried into carried into the, moder- into the 2010s in terms of, like, variety of film. But I also feel like again, maybe might be reaching. I feel like there were still a lot more, there were a lot more risks being taken on stuff being a little bit more, a little bit more bizarre and a little bit more out of reach that kind of hit the mainstream. Like, I think movies that, and also you can thank, you can thank streaming services a lot for this too. I feel like there are more risks being taken of smaller movies that I feel like wouldn't have gotten the okay in other decades that got the okay now because they might be more manageable cost-wise to make, or there's less to lose. Like, are there some examples that you can think of? Yeah, I could, I could think of some stuff. I think. I mean, I, I don't want to keep pointing to A twenty four, so I won't completely I mean, focus on them. Hard. I won't focus on them, but I want to say something like. This is kind of wacky to me, but of all movies, Rango. I feel like Rango is a weird example. I feel like. That one's not quite the streaming service example, but I think that movie wouldn't have been made. That movie would not have been made if there wasn't a trust that like something weird like that would make money. 
Mm-hmm. And I think... I... I'm sorry? No, go ahead. It's fine. Yeah, I think, like, that level... And, of course, it ended up... Six... Oh, I don't know how much it succeeded. I guess I don't hear about Rango's financial success. But I feel like stuff like that kind of popped up a lot more. Like, I can't think of a time when a movie in the 2000s popped up and and had an impact strong enough to like pinpoint a, a certain time in the year versus like Rango where like, you could pick out it's like that's a 2010s weird ass experiment you know and then later on in the year or later on in the decade you had like a stupid example but like this is a movie called Dave Made a Maze which is literally about a fucking box maze that a dude makes in his house and gets lost in it's a prime, Amazon Prime movie that it didn't get huge but like that movie would not have been made any other time but because it was Amazon Prime, you could throw it on there really cheap. A quick random, a quick random experiment that it exists. I don't know. I feel like there's weird, there's weird little experiments that pop up a lot that in the two thousands were definitely there, but like I feel like it took a lot more fighting to be seen, you know. And you had to be like in the loops to know when these movies were coming out, versus like you could have a stream, Amazon Prime streaming service and watch Dave Made a Maze, which by the way I recommend you do. It's a pretty funny movie. What do you guys? Yeah. What do you guys think? Good. Um, I hate to like disagree with everything you say about this, but I just, I still just think that like, like stuff like Coraline or Mary and Max in the two thousands, or like, I don't know, even like Nightmare on Elm Street. I know that's also same guy, but like, I, I think I Nightmare on Elm Street's pretty I, aligning with trends. I mean, it's a horror. Or, I'm movie. sorry, I did before Christmas. Why did I say Elm Street? Oh, got you. <laughs> Those those are I agree with you on those points. Those ones are. I, I like like because Nightmare Before Christmas was a huge like it's definitely like stayed popular, and like it definitely got an audience. So I don't think they like. I just don't know if we're taking more risks now, or like companies are taking more risks. Well, I would say because I would not say that Nightmare Before Christmas is representative of like the '90s at all, or like Coraline's representative of the 2000s. Because, like, yeah, there were still risks being taken, but there are not as many of those. Like, I feel like there are much more examples, many more examples in the 2010s of risks being taken like that versus those ones which are kind of, like, once and every once in a while. Well, I guess even with, like, like blockbusters in the 2010s versus the 2000s, I'd say there's much less risks being taken than 2010s, 2000s blockbusters. Um I don't know if that's exactly what you mean. Like, maybe you mean more, like, indie kind of stuff that isn't, like, going to make a ton of money anyways. But, yeah, I mean, I I just don't think there's a huge, like, trend there. Well, I'm not I talking guess. about huge trends here. I'm here to pontificate, plant ideas that's in your head to think enough. about. And Reed's anti-thought today. He doesn't want to think about any of these things. David, 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 what do you think? Um... I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have too much to add to this debate. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have too much to add to it. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's, that's, all right. that's all you and Reed. That's fair. That's all right. Reed. I thought I had yeah. something else fun to point out. Oh, well. Oh. Not a problem. Uh, Reed, do you, do you have any topics you want to bring up? Um, did, did you want to discuss some of your some of your favorite 
Movies from the Tiny Towns? I was about to, I was about to segue to that, yeah. That's what, that's what we were doing, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to introduce some topics, thinking about the, think about the decade as a whole. But of course, yeah, we can get into but... a little bit more nitty gritty. Talk a little bit about what actual films came out. Reed, did you have a film you wanted to discuss? Um, yeah, I did. Let's go! All right, so Melancholia, 2011. I was I was between this and the House that Jack built, but I thought I would do this because David can talk uh, about House that Jack built. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? I might. I might. We'll see. I don't want to spoil anything. I didn't know you had your list, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I got a list. Okay. Come on, I got a list. Um, but yeah, this is this is a good movie. It is. Um, it's about like these two sisters, like like it takes place over probably like two to three days at um, their house, and the first day is like a wedding. Um, it's the first sister, and the second day is just kind of impending doom. And I don't know. It's it's a great movie. You should watch it. <laughs> I love it. There's a key detail there that you're leaving out, but I, I suppose I won't spoil it. Yeah, well, you get it at the <laughs> beginning, so you know it's not a really spoiler. <laughs> okay. Then I'll, I'll let you talk about it then. Um, but yeah, so there's there's this this I think it's is it another planet. I think it's yeah, it's this other planet that's about to collide with Earth. So and we kind of the couple is just there. You know, it's about these two sisters and this marriage and stuff and like impending doom. Like, oh yeah, that's pretty grounded. Oh yeah, and then also there's a planet. It's gonna destroy the the planet. Yeah, but I mean the interesting thing about it is that the planet's like barely in the movie, like. In which I so I I don't know I think, like, for the first forty five minutes, you know, it's not even like mentioned at all, and I kind of like that it kind of like eases you into it, that like the world can end in a lot of different ways than just a planet crashing into the Earth. (sighs) Yeah. David thoughts. A melancholia. Yeah. It seems cool. I've never. I haven't seen it. I I know we I know we talked about watching it. Um, Yeah, like last year. Oh, that's sure we did. Um, but we never got around to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too many opinions on it because I haven't seen it. But who, how you described it, I mean, it sounds, sounds kind of cool. It's pretty cool. It has a great soundtrack. It has a really good opening scene. Oh, yeah, that opening yeah. scene was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid movie. I don't mind it. I watched it with my my uh, college's movie club. It was oh. pretty good. That would have been fun to watch in group. It like was. That. It was funny because most people in the club didn't really know what to say about it. We kind of just came as a collective decision. We were like, so what do you guys think? And we were just kind of like lost in thought. And then occasionally we brought up thoughts. And we're like, that was really weird. And we're like, we agree. <laughs> it was solid. Anyways... Is that? Do you have any more thoughts on that, Reed? Any thoughts why you enjoyed the movie? Um, no, I I don't know. I just really like it. <laughs> That's cool. It's just pretty cool. I got you, David. Do you have a movie All right. to talk about? So I feel like I kind of have to talk about this movie. <laughs> I, I just want to get it out of the way first. Um, Annie, twenty fourteen. Woo! Let's go. An absolute classic film. Um, 
Reed, Reed, you watched it. Yeah, we all watched it together. Yeah, we um, and Reed loved it. Yeah, Reed loved it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I've, I've definitely... We, we did a whole episode on Annie 2014. We did. So... Uh, uh, you, you guys know my thoughts on on this movie, so I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like I mentioned, this 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 movie, I don't know. I, I hold a deep connection to. I can't believe it's almost been ten years oh my since god. it came out. Oh my god, that's uh, horrible. I feel so old. Um, it's been ten years, um, but yeah, I don't know, like. I just, I just always like thought that you know that the actors in this movie were just so they're genuinely having a good time and like really just like being with each other and 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 I really like that in a in a in a movie uh, when when they're, when they're having fun enjoying life um, yeah I, I don't know I, just, I think that's awesome and like the message of the movie too is like is about family. And, um, you know, just, just enjoying life, you know, um, I, I, that's sweet. I think it's sweet. And a lot of people don't like this movie cause it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hold up to the, the original. Um, but screw them, screw them. <laughs> My, uh, no yeah, matter what. Resist, resist the, uh, the corporate elites telling you the movie's bad. I know. I know. And, and I know the movie isn't perfect, but. You know, it's 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 just one of those movies. You know, we we all have one of those that like we know isn't you know a good movie, but you know we just we just hold near and dear to our hearts. So yeah, Reed, any thoughts on the movie? Yeah, I thought it wasn't bad. It was it was a fun watch. I think I enjoyed it because of how much you enjoy it. Like, <laughs> that was part of it. And all of David's cheering really encouraged him to be happy. It's it's a, it's a happy movie. It's a happy movie. Connor, what, what do you what do you think? Annie's a really solid movie. It's not good, but man, David likes this movie a lot, and therefore I like this movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he also sleeps a lot enough to like. Yeah, I've appreciate seen it so many times. I feel like I feel like my opinion on the movie is very equivalent to if you pointed a gun to my head and said like the movie <laughs> that is about right <laughs> no i'm playing i'm playing it's it's a fun movie i've been low-key i've been low-key tempted to rewatch it but i'm not going to I've got my, my rewatch list is pretty long but i might um well, we're on the topic of, you know, movies that make us happy. You know, David had his happiness movie, and then Reed had his happiness movie about the world ending and and sisters' lives being destroyed. So we're all on the topic of friendly, happy movies here. Um, I want to talk about Paddington 2. <laughs> I know. Paddington 2, I have some thoughts, but you go ahead. I know, David's not a Paddington man, which is weird. But I've seen the first Paddington, like, three times now, and... It's fine. I don't mind the first Paddington. It's cute, but Paddington Two opened up a uh, opened up a spot a spot in my heart that I did not realize existed. Like, I feel like a movie that can be so happy doing what it's doing, and be completely unapologetic about what it's doing, and so like just satisfied to be satisfied to be happy. You know, there's no need to be like heavy or no need to be 
appeasing to what they expect is popular. It's like, no, I want to do what I want to do. The movie is just Paddington being wholesome and making people's lives better. That's really it. And you know what? Gosh darn it, I salute that. And just, it's such a wholesome movie. Just the entire movie is him just trying to get a gift for his mom. Or aunt, sorry, aunt. Um, And it's just lovely. It's just lovely. Like, it's just lovely, you know? And I think, sometimes I think to myself, we need we need more movies that are willing to be just that, you know? Just simple, just sweet. And it's great. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong. David, why do you disagree with me? Okay, so a little bit of a rant here. I'll try to keep it brief. But um, do you want to put it out there? I have never seen this movie before. Oh, good. I was really worried. Um, yeah, I've never seen it. So from, from what I've heard and just from what I've, you know, seen around, um, I, I'd like to I'd like to put this movie in, in a little category. Um, it's it's as 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 a, as a film nerd movie. What? And um, let, let, let me explain. So there's 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 two categories. So you got you got your film nerds and you got your film bros. And um, your film bros are are people that that like popular movies and act like they're into movies, but like. They don't really enjoy movies. Um, like, like they haven't like seen like indie films. Um, they, they've, they've only seen like the mainstream stuff, like like Fight Club and Interstellar. Um, and then and then then you got your film nerd movies. Um, and, and Connor, I'd, I'd I'd put you under the category as a as a film nerd, and and that's not a bad thing. It just means that you you appreciate movies more than the average person. Don't take in a derogatory sense. I, I don't mean it in that way at all. And um, what, the reason I say Paddington Two is a film nerd movie is it's I, I just feel like it's a movie that really only film nerds would like to make it seem as if they aren't film nerds, like 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 them, I guess being so into movies isn't you know like their whole life you know like oh we 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 like we like like other than artsy movies we we enjoy we enjoy the paddington twos of life you know um you're saying this is someone who's a movie yes 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 um i'm pretty happy that paddington like I just can't believe it. Uh, I, I, I can't accept that film nerds like Paddington 2. They can't. It, 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 they, they can't genuinely like it. They like it because they don't want to seem like they're only into artsy stuff. Why? Why do you think it's that way? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's really funny. <laughs> like, I don't... Okay. First of all, I want to emphasize this movie is a family movie about a talking bear. <laughs> like, it's not art. I mean, no, it is art. No. It's not complicated. Like, I feel like you've put more thought into this than you will when you see the movie. Like, <laughs> you're gonna watch this movie, and it's not that like it's not that like it's like deep, and it's not that it's like you know insanely thought provoking. 
it's just I don't, like, I don't think it's me. you're gonna watch it you're gonna me. watch it and you're gonna go why am i smiling why am i still smiling like you'll be smiling at our like you know an hour and 15 minutes in and you're gonna be like it actually might be the length of the movie now that i think about it but like you're gonna get to a certain point in the movie and you're gonna be like i'm still going like it hasn't dipped it's just like it's doing everything it should be doing well the entire time and like it's just rare to do that like I don't know. Like I don't know. I feel like I feel like you're overestimating. You're gonna go in. You're gonna go. This is it's it's just a cute movie. Like it's not. This is a rocket science here. No, no, no. Like I, I, I think I think it's gonna be a cute movie. I do. I, I, I just like. I, I just feel like it's not, like what like the typical film nerd, would like would watch on on like any given day. Like like they choose. The House of Jack built over over Paddington Two any 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 other day because because all film nerds are dead inside. The people. All film nerds are dead inside. They don't pick happy things. They only pick sad stuff. Film nerds <laughs> do not pick happy things because they are not happy people. That that that's literally a film nerd movie, and it's deep. It, it's deep. It's a criticism. Which movie? Sorry, it was not a point. criticism on anything. Sure, if I wanted, I'm sure, if you wanted to make Paddington too deep. No, you couldn't. I'm sure you could. You, you, you never see that. You're saying this. Uh, O'Connor's talking about how it's such a lighthearted movie. Well, Ratatouille's a lighthearted movie. It, yes. No, it's a criticism. Well, I'm sure yeah, Ratatouille could be seen as a criticism. It's not a criticism like Ratatouille. Ratatouille. I'm sure it could be seen as that way. I don't see Ratatouille as a criticism. I don't like it because it's a criticism. I like it because it's just a good movie. Yeah, me too. Red, Red Tweet's like known as like the magnum opus of Pixar films. Like, it's, one guy said that. No, it's like genuine. It's like generally accepted as that. There are, but like it's known as being like one of the best. Strangely, I think I think Ratatouille almost kind of is another example of that, David. I feel like Ratatouille, Ratatouille. is not super deep, and like people just love it because it's like consistently really good. Ratatouille isn't. It's. It's not. It's not like a. It's not like a Paddington. Okay. No. Okay. Well, Connor, talk about this like later when we're, <laughs> we're, we're on the podcast. Jesus we're on the Christ. podcast. This whole episode has just about? become very derailed. Yeah, we we, we derailed. We derailed. <laughs> we, we we can talk about this later. Like, anyway, stream Paddington one. It's good. Paddington one's not bad. I've seen it a lot more than I should have. I watched it once on my own, watched it with my mom, and then I watched it again with my mom because she fell asleep the first time. Really? Yeah. Because of the movie? No, she's, <laughs> my mom falls asleep to like every movie. Oh. She's just a very tired yeah. person. Anywho, uh, read. Back, your, back, back, back to the topic. You can read. Um, uh, so, my next movie is Faces Places, uh, which. Basically, everything Connor just said about Paddington 2, I would probably repeat about this movie. Like, it's it's definitely just an extremely happy movie. And I think it's made by someone who probably could have easily fallen into, like, the French pretentious camp of, like, kind of just driving around aimlessly and not really making a movie about anything but getting away with it because you're acclaimed. But I think that movie escapes it just because she brings so much life into literally every single little adventure she gets into with um, JR, who is the person she's traveling with. So yeah, this it's a good movie and I think more people should watch it because I think a lot of people would like it if they did. 
it's and yeah, it's I just about it. the shenanigans of the director of Cleo from five to from five to seven. It is, yeah. It's it's her and as I said, Jr. Her companion, and they're kind of traveling around like rural France and making artwork out of people. Oh, that sounds wrong. But they're meeting people <laughs> and making artwork sure. inspired by people. <laughs> and yeah, there's just a lot of really cool scenes and stories and and stuff they talk about in it. And it's just a really cheerful movie all around. Did they? So yeah, that's pretty exciting though. I think every I think every famous director should have a documentary about them getting into shenanigans. They should. Yeah, it would be it would be really fun. I, I know Scorsese has one with his parents, and I want to watch it. Does but... he? <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> I, want, I want one with David Lynch. I want David Lynch to get into some shenanigans. David Lynch cooks quinoa. Yeah. There's like a short film called David Lynch cooks quinoa. Is there? Oh it's my like, god. Yeah. That's pretty fucking good. You should watch it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a classic, though. I'd heard of this movie. I, I actually didn't think it was a movie. Like, it. I thought it was like a documentary about her life or something. But no. Okay. I mean, it is a documentary, but it, like, yeah. you know. It's a documentary in the sense that it's just a, not a, it's not like it's, it's a, it's not like a written narrative. Yeah, like it's, they're meeting real people, etc. Funky. Yeah. I respect right, that David. choice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about this movie that you're talking about. Um, Sounds quirky. Like, can't, can't really say too much on it. I'll talk about your next movie. Oh, oh, oh let's move on to my next movie. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I guess the, the next movie, um, we'll talk, I mean, like, what's was, was, was kind of funny is that, like, a lot of movies that, like, I'll mention my suggestions just happen to be 2010 movies, and, and like, I'm trying to think of movies, like, I'm trying, I'm trying to think movies that, you know, that I, that I haven't talked about or spent episode length. Um, talking about why I like this, why I like the movie. Um, sometimes trying to like be 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 a bit unique with it. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the Social Network. Nice. A uh, a classic 2010 David Fincher <laughs> film. Um, Starring Jeffrey Eisenberg and okay. Andrew Garfield. What, he's reading off the IMDb now? I am not reading off the IMDb! This, no, I'm not reading off the letterbox! I just know that this is like standard information. Everyone knows I mean, this. it is standard information, but it just seems suspicious coming from your mouth. It, uh, you're, no, you're looking too into it, really. Like, uh, you look anyway. too into Paddington 2? <laughs> what? It's like what yeah, we're looking too much into it, but then you're over here just like going on your tangents about Paddington too, and that's not looking that's into it too much. That's different. That's different. <laughs> it's different. I've spent time thinking about Paddington too. You're you're just you're just speculating right now. Whatever. Talk about talking about social networking, nerd. Okay, so um, this 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 is uh, one of my roommates, Jake. Um, he's in the room right now. Um, this this is one of his personal all-time favorite movies and uh i i i like it i like it a lot um i liked it so much i rewatched it um i don't remember when but i rewatched it like i don't know maybe like last year i think last year and um 
Yeah, I mean, it, it holds up. I mean, it's it's if you haven't heard of it, it's um, it's, uh, it's it's like the story of the origin story of um, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, the creation of, of Facebook. Um, it, it's it's uh, obviously like it's 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 played up for for entertainment purposes, but it's 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 a it's a pretty interesting pretty interesting movie. Um, I like the score. I like the ambiance. Like it's it's all it's all really really good, and I think Jesse Eisenberg's performance is absolutely outstanding in this movie. Um, I think I think it really nails the the awkwardness of of Mark Zuckerberg. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 a, it's it's a fun movie. It's a fun watch. I mean I think I think anyone can can sit down and really enjoy this movie. Um, yeah, I also think it's like interesting. Just how quickly this movie came out, or like, like how soon after the creation of Facebook, this movie came out? Because like, Facebook hadn't even been out for like ten years, and like they already made a like a movie about the creation of it, uh, which I think is kind of cool, um, and kind of kind of different from the other like biopics that are that are out that usually. Talk about people that are dead, like, like Mahler, or, or Amadeus, or Elvis. You know. Um, yeah, read, very true. <laughs> uh, read. What do you think about the social network? Um, I think it's great. It's it's uh, definitely my favorite Fincher movie. Really? Yeah. What which, which other ones do you? Young, young, young. Fight clubs and Seven Zodiac. And Mank. But yeah, it's, it's really... That's like all of his movies. I really like the social network. It's a good pick. Uh, it's Knock On Girl or Benjamin Button, I, I was guess. kidding. I was kidding. I it's all good. Uh, thoughts on social network, Connor? It's an excellent movie. It's Aaron Sorkin's best script, which is pretty interesting to me. Um, no, it's a good movie. It's, it's not it's, hard, too. Yeah, no, it's not hard. But... Yeah, like, it's a really, like, one of those movies that, like, it glues you to the screen. Like, the dialogue yeah. stuff is so, like, articulate. And, like, the way it's written is so intense and, like, really good at building up drama. It's very edge-of-your-seat stuff, which is awesome. And, of course, like you said, um, Jesse, I, Jesse Eisenberg's performance is so perfectly inhuman. Like, it's totally everything you expect from the Zuck man himself. <laughs> the Zuck So, yeah, it's a good movie. Very good. Big Zuck, man. The Big Zuck meta. We, we need we need a meta movie. We need a sequel. I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping that they they do a complete remake of of Social Network. But every time he says Facebook, they just like AI change it to Meta. Like <laughs> he's saying Meta instead of Facebook <laughs> each time. The Metaverse. The Metaverse. It's like Social Network. The Meta cut. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. He does a lot of like weird roles. Like, like in Rio, when he plays um, Blue. Yeah. That movie's a classic. I think we should include that one as a staple movie of the 2010s. Does he, does he not voice... Wait. Does he... Wait. Never mind. Yeah. I want to see if he still voiced Rio 2. Yeah, he did Rio 2. Yeah. 
The only way I know, the only reason I know he did Rio Two is because there's that one clip in the trailer where he goes, "We're going to the Amazon," and like I, every time I can hear, <laughs> I can hear that perfectly in his voice. <laughs> yeah, oh man, the Blue becomes such a like a dad in Rio. He is a dad, but like he becomes a dad. I know it's just lame. Connor? Yeah. You good? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm ready to take on the next movie, I think. Okay. Um, I really want to talk about... Well, so I, I, I wanted to preface as well. Um, I did the same thing David did. Um, I, a lot of the movies I picked are ones I've never talked about before on the show. Uh, I decided I didn't want to be basic and just pick La La Land and Moonrise Kingdom and Sound of Metal and stuff. So I'll be different. Um... So, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Little Women 2019. I don't think I've ever talked about it on this show. If I have, then apologies. But this movie's really, really good. And the more I think about it, the better it gets. Like, you're just keeping up on the wholesome train, I guess. But, like, it's a really interesting adaptation of that story because, like, I don't, I don't know a ton about it. But it feels very, like... It feels like it understands its source material to the point that it's, like, expanding on it, which is really interesting to me. Um, it's a really well-done story, really well-written, but, like, it's just very... It's very touching in how, like, earnest it is. I love that about this freaking movie, man. Like, it's weird because I went into it thinking I was going to hate this movie. Like, just it seemed like a movie that, like, wasn't going to do anything different. With how much it changes, like, but at the same time being very very respectful to what the original story is trying to do... I don't know, it made me really want to read the original book. Like, it's bizarre to me, how much it changes from what I hear. I don't know, it's a really, really wholesome movie. It's really sweet and really lovely, and Alexander Desplat's the best composer on the planet behind friggin' John Williams. He's amazing. That's not true, but, like, I really love him. Um, you forgot Reed Christian. I'm sorry? You forgot Reed. Oh, you're right. Jesus. Yeah, man, no, I can't. I cannot bash him. Reed Christian's the guy who composed Firsts, which is the, the next movie I'm going to talk about on this list. <laughs> but, oh, no, that was 2022. Never mind. Can't talk about the, the, the cinematic icon Firsts. Why uh, can't I? I got excited. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, it's an amazing movie. I think it's beautifully composed. I think it's really well made. And I've rewatched it now after watching it the first in theaters. I think I went and revisited it, and it only got better. It consistently just gets better and better with each watch. Um, it's a really good movie. It's a really good time. Yeah, Little Women is great. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it works best as like a commentary on the book mm-hmm. instead of like an adaptation. Adaptation, and I think she knew she was doing that when she made it because you right. know there's like five Little Women movies. Like she has to do something different. Right, and in the little it like, doesn't book it. It doesn't help. Really... It doesn't help. This movie also stars Saoirse Ronan, who's one of my favorites, and it has Bob Odenkirk, or Odenkirk, and he makes everything better. And it's got Florence Pugh, and she makes everything better. And it's got Laura Dern, and she makes everything better. Like, like how many times are you gonna say that before the movie gets good? You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, true. Anyways, I will hand the mic over to uh, to Reed to pick up the next classic on this listing. Okay. Um... Oh yeah, I'm gonna talk about La La Land. 
Ooh, throw that from Connor. I did. I, I, I asked Connor beforehand. He's like, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, it's like I said, I wanted to talk and, about stuff I hadn't talked about before. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, La La Land. This was like probably one of like the earliest movies I watched in theaters. And I and I think like, I watched it with my two brothers and my mom and it, it kind of just blew us away. Even though we weren't really expecting to like it. And it's kind of just stuck in my head ever since. Max like, liked it? Max liked it, yeah. Wow. Max loves La La Land. It's like his favorite movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, I've rewatched it every couple of years. And no matter how much I read the criticism of it, which I totally get, I it's still just, I don't know, it doesn't really get old for me. And I like, I think it definitely has just a, a much, just the right amount of passion to like fully pull through. And, like, become something so much larger than just, like, a, a small little romance like it could have been. And I also obviously love the music, love the, the choreography, the cinematography, the little 60s musical references. Those are always fun. And that that's kind of just the cherry on the top. I, I think it's just a perfect movie all around, basically. Mm -hmm. That movie slaps i've the movie has been there at my the best times in my life and the worst times in my life and it's consistently there it's consistently great yeah. each time yeah same so yeah that's my two cents david um yeah i mean la la land is a is, is a great film um i haven't seen it in a while but i've been i, I recently um like re-listened to the from the music and i mean it holds up it's a really fun movie i uh if you haven't seen it go watch it dude all right um um i guess the next movie i am going to recommend i guess yeah yeah i'm going to recommend is uh mid 90s um, directed by Jonah Hill, starring. Uh, don't worry, don't worry about it. But um... <laughs> it doesn't matter who it stars; they're irrelevant. They're chil um, they're but children. Get them out of here. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I yeah. I mean, when I so, kind of a little bit of background. So. I think I mentioned this in, in previous podcasts, but um, Jake, Reed, and I kind of had like a rotation going last year where like we'd we'd pick a movie and um, like we'd all we'd all have like a list of movies and we'd like do random and like we'd pick a movie and you know we talk about uh, we watch it and um, one of the movies I picked was the '90s. And I, I, I didn't really know what to expect picking this movie. It, it, I don't know. It just, it just seemed kind of cool. It, it seemed like indie core, you know, Jonah Hill movie. Um, I actually didn't even know it was Jonah Hill who directed it until, like, after I watched it. So that, that wasn't even actually a factor. But it was really just, like, it, it seemed cool, and I, and I, and I like, you know, the, the, that, that decade. So um, that's kind of why I picked it. And uh, it, it kind of exceeded my expectations. Um, it was genuinely a pretty thoughtful movie. Um, 
you know, just like thinking in retrospect, like I, I, I didn't, I didn't know we could get something like that from Jonah Hill. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to see him direct more if, if he's making movies like this. Um, did he? What was it? That Netflix movie. Well, one. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I don't. I'm not confident he directed that. He directed a movie called Stutz. Pardon? Oh, that's a documentary. Yeah, Midnight is his only narrative. He yeah, produced he, Good Boys. He's, yeah, he, he produced Good Boys, but he only. He also produced direct. Sausage Party. Yeah, he did. Boy, yeah. Oh boy. Like, bro, um, but anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really just like a movie about like these these teenagers in the mid '90s skateboarding, um, and, and I mean, it, it's so slice of lifey. Um, it, it's it's kind of great, um, just like the simplicity of it. Um, Reed, what do you think? Mid '90s. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh yeah, I thought I thought it wasn't bad actually for most of it. I just wasn't sure about. I guess there was this huge cast of characters around him, and I thought it would do better if they maybe cut it down a bit, and maybe cut out some of the themes that, you know, are a little more risque. Just because they don't really fully commit to the bit, but then you just randomly get like him, having sex with a girl like, I don't know, many years older than him, and it kind of. I don't know. I just think it feels tonally jarring. But it was not bad. It was cool. I liked the dialogue and it had a good soundtrack. You know what this movie reminds me of? It reminds me of the film Skate Kitchen. Have you heard of that? No. That movie is, it's, it's not a coming of age, but it's pretty slice of life. It's just about this like girl who like moves to this... Uh, moves. I forget what city she moves to, but she moves to a new city and then joins this like skateboarding group and it's just about their shenanigans. Um, it's pretty solid. I don't. It's not like great. Actually, I wouldn't. Even, I don't even know if I call it good, but like it's a skateboard movie and it has vibes. So you know, it's not not awful. Um, but it reminds me. Come by. All right. Um, should we start moving to suggestions, perhaps? Um, well, I've got one more movie, and then I can move to suggestions. Perfect. Um, I've only been suggesting wholesome movies, so I want to do the opposite of that, I think. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about this on, on the podcast, but it's a really good movie, and I've been thinking about it. It's a banger. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I feel like this movie is one of those movies that you're only going to get like once in a forever, in terms of, just of how much stuff went into this movie. Like... It's not that it's, like, impossible to make one of these, but it's very expensive, and, like, it takes a lot of commitment, and it also needs to be good. Like, it's very tough to make something like this work, because it's, like, basically just nonstop action for the entire movie, um, mm-hmm. and, like, that's really easy to mess up. Like, I can make it really boring, and, like, this movie pulled it off. Like, it is extremely engaging the entire time. It's very impressive the entire time, and, like, I think a big reason why it works is because, like it is just as committed to building the world that it's in as it is building the action, you know? Like, it really establishes this world and, like, what the characters' roles are in the world. 
it's not like it's super like thoughtfully deeply written but like it what it decides to focus on builds the world so well that it helps you kind of understand what the characters are and what they what their role is in it you know it's a really fascinating movie and i think they did a really great job of doing a lot of visual storytelling in a in a movie you kind of need to do that in because your storytelling is very like there's not a lot of it so like you need to be very visual and i think we did a really good job with that and like i said there's not there's not a lot of instances where you're gonna get a movie that does that does something like that again because it's very difficult to do um so i'm very impressed with it and i think i think a lot of people tend to forget about this movie i think and i think i don't think it's deserved you know i think people should come back to it and talk about how awesome it is especially because it came out in 2015 and 2015 has got to go down as probably the the worst of the movie years of the 2010s like that movie that year was so uneventful like this movie being is such a huge highlight like really just emphasizes how just it's it's really good it's like the one shining light in a year that was very mid so highly recommend it yeah yeah i mean i really like that movie it was a lot of fun um kind of forgot it existed exactly yeah. a lot of people do i don't um, i don't know why it's great yeah it was something africa which is kind of cool yeah i i yeah that movie i don't know why you have to you have to pick a very specific filming location because like you you obviously you need to make that world look the way it's meant to look so whatever they picked was spot on Mm, yep africa they bless the rains down there from what i hear yeah wait have you seen it Mm -hmm. do you like it yeah it's good uh is that it is that all you have to say uh shot of them going into the storm it's a cool shot mm-hmm. yeah they enter the gates of Valhalla which is pretty cool yeah all right well um if any any closing thoughts Reed what do you have to say about the movies of 2010s um there were a lot of really good movies in this decade mm-hmm. and a lot of variety and A24 was definitely making their rise. I love how we keep talking about A24, but haven't actually mentioned any A24 movies. That's a great point. A24 um, had their had their imprint, but like, I almost I don't know. I don't. Uh, what? Oh yeah. <laughs> you just won my game. <laughs> I don't know. A24. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, that's my general thoughts on the 2010s nice david uh david oh 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 um what yeah i mean i mean i guess like final thoughts personally for me very impactful decade impacted kind of movies i like kind of movies i want to see um i kind of grew up watching a lot of crappy movies um, and that's that's pro. It's probably due to the amount of crappy movies Connor and I watched, and um, I, I I think I think it impacted, it impacted both of us. But I guess in, in a sense that like for me personally, it, it impacted that. I, I I guess I I just don't take movies as seriously sometimes 
like kind of like having that background like like i i, I enjoy crappy movies and, and like i'm not afraid to like like yeah i i want to watch a crappy movie um and you know that's that's that's, that's, that's kind of me uh of course i enjoy good movies and um a lot of good movies can on tens um so yeah i mean outside of i guess personal connections i i guess we'll have to wait and see the i guess the true influence of dozen times connor what do you think damn this is supposed to be a retrospective of the episode not a retrospective of your life up to this point jeez that was very deep um <laughs> uh yeah um yeah 2010s were definitely i feel like despite us not really coming to a conclusion on what they were i think it was a decade that is gonna be representative of what of what uh movies are gonna be like up to this point i think from now on we're gonna see a lot more movies done in the same in the in the stylings of what the 2010s have kind of normalized so for better or worse this is what it is now you know, I think a lot of a lot of people nowadays will say, you know, why don't they make them like they used to? You know, what? Why aren't movies like they used to be? And I think, I think you're always gonna still you're you're still gonna have those movies. You know, those classically made movies out there because nowadays it's so easy to get your well, in ret- comparison, so easy to make your get your movie made and get it out there. I think you're gonna get more. I think you're gonna get more movies that are gonna be more like those movies from the olden days, and you're gonna get movies that are completely different from the olden days. I think the 2010s, we've gotten to the point now where I think we've hit a, I don't want to say a cap, but we've hit a certain point where we're going to stay around in terms of quality and in terms of type of movie. And it's only a matter of time before we'll see how that changes. Will it, will the cap be raised? Like, will that level be made even higher? Will it revert and we're going to go back to the olden days? Who knows? But yeah, yeah, I think we've got a, I think we've got read an interesting time. Yeah. Um, and the best movie to come out of that was Willy's Wonderland Baby, starring Nicolas Cage. So true. That was pretty cool. He fights animatronics, and that's pretty funny. Ah, uh, like... I can't wait to talk about Space Jam Two again. Whenever uh, we get the twenty twenties episode, yeah. Once we get the once yeah. we get the twenty twenty nine, we'll be dropping the episode where we talk about how Space Jam Two is the only movie that mattered. Yeah. Um. And how the most iconic actor of the 2020s was Don Cheadle. Algae Rhythm. Algae Rhythm, baby. And of course, his role in uh, in White Noise, where his only or his character was basically he's the cool angel on your shoulder who tells you to do things you don't want to do. He's pretty cool in that too. But yeah, um, <clears throat> Reed, you are a guest. What have you been? consuming in terms of media that um, you want to recommend it obviously it doesn't have to be a movie if you don't want to since you just talked about movies but like what have you been what have you been consuming you know what do you want to talk about um what have I been consuming any music um I don't think he's listened yeah, to a single be... note of music since the last time we did this episode I, I don't believe it no yeah I don't listen to music Oh yeah, Boys a Liar Part Two. You should listen to this song. It's a good song. I've been listening to that a lot lately. Um, Tell us who's it's by. Who's it by? Right? Um, it's by Pink Panthers and Ice Spice. 
Well, it's a remix of her song, and then Ice Spice is featured on it. Which, yeah. So she just has a verse. It's not her song. But yeah, it's good, and it's it's um, yeah, it's a good song. Very awesome. All right, I'm glad you enjoyed. All it. right. Um. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Yeah, David. What do you want to recommend? So I'm going to recommend. Um, man, there's a lot. Um, I guess I will also recommend some music. Um, Two Door Cinema Club, Tourist History. The album name is Tourist History. The artist is Two Door Cinema Club. Um, I listened to this album fairly recently. By that, I mean I listened to it on Monday. And... um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I I consider their music as like alternative pop music. Um, I haven't listened to any of their other work. Um, I they're still making music. This album came out in 2010, so it kind of fits the fits the the theme of today's episode. Um. Some bangers, what you know, um, uncover Martin, something good can work, cigarettes in the theater. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a good album. It's a good album. I, I recommend you checking it out. Very awesome. <clears throat> I'm not gonna do music because I'm an individual and i do what i want well mainly i I have been listening to a ton of music and i have been watching a lot of movies but i want to talk about the movies i've been watching because they've been the main thing that's been on my brain i talked to david a bit about this but i want to note first of all actually right before right before i started recording this episode i want to say i did watch the final best picture nominee so i've seen all 10 of them you guys are just slackers (laughs) but um I wanted to say I succeeded in that. But more importantly, instead of doing that, I watched the entire Rocky series and and Creed, fun. which has been fun. And I cannot stop thinking about Rocky 3. Rocky 3 may be the greatest film to ever have been created by a human being. Creed, or not Creed, Rocky 3 is like what happens when you mix like the cheesy the cheesy epicness of a sports movie with like the intensity of an 80s action movie and the comedy of like the best 80s comedies it is everything you could ever want from a movie so but it also has the heart too it has the heart like the first two rockies like they have heart but it's very like wholesomely optimistic like you know, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to defeat, you know, I'm going to beat Apollo. Like I'm going to work hard and I'm going to beat him. And then he beats him and everybody's happy for him. Yeah. Like he goes through struggles. Sure. But like, it's all grounded in the idea that he's going to work past it. Right. The first thing that happens in, well, not first thing, but one of the biggest things that happens in Rocky three is Rocky gets obsessed with marketing. He gets too obsessed in selling himself and he ends up losing. He gets his ass beat. And he makes himself look like a doofus. And he embarrasses himself in front of his his, uh, mentor. 
and it freaking kills him. Like, that's how bad it gets. Like, it's just, it's like everything the first two movies set up, and Rocky just buffles, you know, he messes it up because he gets too obsessed with being Rocky. And then you get introduced to the greatest villain who's ever existed in anything ever, and it's Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T. I love it because usually you expect with the villains, they have, like, this nuanced reason for being the villain, and it's like they have, like, these personal connections. No, 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 no. They emphasize that all all Clubber Lang wants is to fight Rocky because he doesn't like him. That's it. There's no motivation beyond that. He just thinks Rocky's stupid and he wants to beat him. He just he, he thinks he's not strong. And then, of course, he does beat him because that's how cool Clubber Lang is. He's just the coolest guy. And, like, you have to get, you know, Rocky goes through, like, a new montage where he has to, like, you know, best it. And, like, he has to fight inner demons and stuff. He actually gets into a fight with Adrian, which has never happened in the series up to this point. Like, it's just such a good movie. It's so good. And I'm, I'm leaving out one huge element of this movie, is that not only does he fight Mr. T, but he also fights Hulk Hogan. Like, prime Hulk Hogan, like, before he was racist Hulk Hogan. Like, the good Hulk Hogan. It's crazy. Like, this movie is crazy, dude. And I can't stop thinking about it. Like, it's the greatest, the greatest Rocky movie that exists. Possibly one of the greatest movies ever. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's got the heart. It's got the action. It's got the intensity. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you f- shake your fist in the air. It'll make you want to train. It'll make you want to work out. It's got everything any movie could ever want. Like, I don't know why we bothered trying after 1980-whatever. It's not 85, because that's when Rocky Four came out. Uh, 1981, maybe? Um, 82. I don't know why we bothered making movies after 1982, because Rocky Three came out and bested them all. Like, I can't think of a move, the thing wrong with this movie. It's amazing. That's all I've got for you, though. <laughs> uh, Rocky <laughs> Rocky Three. All right. Um, did I kill? Did I kill Reed? Like, <laughs> Reed's here. No, I'll I, make sure. Yeah, I just want to make sure he heard it. All right, that's it. I did hear. Yeah. Okay. I think that's very interesting, Connor. Oh yes, oh, was that? I can't tell whose voice that was. Jake, Jake, Jake. Jake. yes, because it's a really good Rocky, movie. People say Rocky Three is their favorite of the franchise. I'm glad because it's the best of the series. It's better than it's better than Rocky Five. <laughs> like Rocky Five is horrible. <laughs> you agree, agree? That's the worst one. I'm sorry. You said people use against the worst one, Jake. Jake, no. What did Jake do? Why didn't you say Jake now? Play baseball. Jesus, David. What did Jake do? Yeah, what did Jake play, do? play baseball. That was very good, Mr. Jake. No, to say Rocky Five is the worst by what that consensus is. Okay, no, that's, no. I mean, that's, I that. David. Yeah. What? You're right. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Rocky Five is really bad. Like Rocky Five is really bad. It's weird because it's not bad in the way that like you would expect it to be. Like it's not like they jump the shark or do something like you know too wacky. It's like the opposite. Like they just stop doing things fun. 
Like, they got rid of all the stuff that you that would make it exciting. They're like, let's just make it slow and dull. Let's make Rocky really boring and kind of kind of a jerk. Like, let's just make it really slow and uneventful. Which is pretty funny. So yeah, um, Rocky Three, go watch it. Um, well, I will conclude there. Uh, it does not sound like there's any final resounding opinions. Um, but really appreciate you coming on, Reed, as per always. Always lovely to have you on. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. I hope this expanded your understanding of the 2010s, and I hope you leave this episode, watch Rocky Three, and then go watch something from the 2000s, you know? Because it's been a pretty, it's a pretty good decade. 2010s was pretty good. Uh, appreciate you guys checking in, as per always. Check us out on Instagram with a smell underscore you thinking again for any updates on if we miss an episode or anything like that. Uh, David, do you have any final thoughts for the for the audience before we head out? I do not. I do not. No worries. Well, appreciate uh, appreciate it as always for you guys listening in. I've been Connor. This has been Reed and also David. And thank you yet again for listening to another episode of the podcast that we entitle David. What's that smell you thinking again?